Hello and welcome to the Flix Forum podcast, where each episode we go back and we look at a Netflix original in the full order of release. Today we've got Netflix 175th film. We've hit 175 Ooh, from mm. 2019. This is the neo-Western crime thriller El Camino, a Breaking Bad movie, directed by Vince Gilligan, stars Aaron Paul, Jesse Plemons, Scott MacArthur, Scott Shepard, Charles Baker, Matt Jones, and Robert Forster. I'm Jesse, and I'm with MJ. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. 175. Sometimes I forget to write down what number it is, so I, I have to just wait patiently to see what you say in the intro. And uh, 20. Remember, I remember we were up to like 75. This is back when we were doing the. We used to do like an episode after every 25 with a with a bit of a summary, and that. That felt like when we were at 75, that we were so far into this podcast. And now we've done 100 more. It's time's flown. Like, yeah, when you, you think about that, it's like, whoa, plus a few bonuses and stuff. We're, we're getting close yeah. to 200, which is um, quite impressive. So it's been a good journey so far. Let's, uh, let's continue it and head into what we're going to discuss for today, which is El Camino. So kick off with that fast flicks. Quick little summary about what's going on. Fill us in. Yeah, so El Camino, uh, obviously El Camino, a Breaking Bad story is the actual title. And my fast flicks is saying that it follows the story of Jesse Pinkman directly after he flees at the end of Breaking Bad. Yeah, that's uh, pretty pretty straightforward. It picks up, end of Breaking Bad, and Jesse must deal with his past and work out what to do with his future. Nice. Good. Um, I think this is probably one of the films we've done that's probably got the most amount of information about any film we've covered in 175 films there is a plethora of information about how this came together so what have you got for us about Breaking Bad the movie? Well this is a hard one because I I was really trying to summarise all the information we could find about it and as a Breaking Bad fan I actually found like the whole story really really interesting of how this how this came to There's, there's obviously there's no secrets. There's no nothing. They literally have just spoken about everything that happened between the series finishing and then 10 years later, this movie coming out. And basically, um, Vince Gilligan, who is the, the creator of Breaking Bad, writer, director, producer, similar writer, director, producer of this film, had the idea for, for this film when he was shooting the finale, um, as the 10 years prior to the movie coming out. And I think watching the show you, you do kind of you are i guess left a little bit um a little bit open with jesse's ending um so vince gilligan was kind of mulling on that idea for quite a while so what actually happens to jesse after breaking bad i think the, the final shot is basically just him driving away and then bang credits so um he kind of thought about two possible fates for jesse one which was he described as a more realistic one where the police caught him just a few miles down the road, straight basically straight after it would have finished. Uh, and then a more optimistic one where Jesse sort of gets away and has to, has to cope with everything that he's been through, um, which is obviously the story that we're, we're talking about here. So the idea initially, I think, was to continue this story to be as a bit of a, a short film or a mini episode, which would have been about 15 to 20 minutes. Um, quite logically, they realised that it was going to be more cost, effect- uh, more cost effective to actually make a full-length feature film. Um, and got to the point where Vince Gilligan spoke to Aaron Paul, who plays Jesse Pinkman, and and kind of said, hey, if we're going to do this, I need you in. And, and he was pretty happy to do it. Um, once Aaron Paul was was happy to do it, he ba- Gilligan basically wrote a screenplay um, with the idea. Um, they went over the script. Aaron Paul and, and Vince Gilligan eventually got to a place where it was good to go. 
Uh, Aaron Paul said he was pretty quick to jump back into Jesse's mindset and his emotional beats. And I think I read later on that once they were actually filming it, it was pretty seamless for, for a lot of the characters to, just to jump straight back into it. Um, and yeah, so basically they, they made the film. Um, it got to a point where Netflix and AMC were obviously very close with the, with the Breaking Bad series. Um, so they shopped it around to a few potential distributors and ended up having this theatrical release initially, but then Netflix taking on the, uh, the rest of the film. I haven't seen anything about budgets except for the fact that they're saying that it surpassed the $6 million budget, which was the per episode budget they had in the, in the show's final season. And, um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's probably a hell of a lot more we could, we could actually talk about here, but yeah, I, I tend to find that stuff the most interesting, that stuff and the fact that they tried to keep it quite secretive um when they were filming the filming the actual movie i think some of the cast members were brought in not actually knowing that it was going to be a, a, a breaking bad movie um i think the beauty of having better call Saul happening at around the same time meant that you could you could sort of cheat it pretty easily you know we've got better call Saul with similar characters and things like that so they did try and keep it pretty pretty quiet uh, as we know brian cranston makes an appearance in the film as well um he was happy to do things and he was sort of in and out within a day, day and a half or something like that. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's so much more we could talk about. I don't know if there's anything else that you found interesting because um, there's heaps there. Yeah, there's there's a whole heap. And really, I guess you, you've done a good job of, of putting it all sort of together. And I can only really add to, you know, little bits and pieces that I thought were interesting based on what you said too with the, with the secrecy. And, you know, I think the, the um, family members of the cast and crew were brought in as extras to sort of still keep all that, that secrecy and, and make sure that no one found out was what was happening. And Brian Cranston, you know, he was flown on a private jet for his two days and flown out. That was all sort of, uh, that was quite interesting too. And like you mentioned, if, if better, um, better call Saul wasn't as successful, this film probably would have been a lot harder um, to put together and, and adding that secrecy, like a few of the names that, you know, they referred to it as 63 because it would have been the 63rd episode as like a secret title. And then the production or the, the working title was Greenbrier and just these things that they had to do, obviously with such a, um, a famous TV show with such popularity. Um, I think there were, there were some figures sort of saying that if, if it had have received a, a proper theatrical release, like it did release in cinemas, um, I think it had a premiere in LA and, um, then Netflix and I think they they tried to smash some numbers and said that if everyone who watched it on Netflix bought mm -hmm. a ticket for the average price, it would have topped the box office for that weekend. So it's a pretty crazy thing to think that a, a spin-off from a, a TV show um, was was so so successful as well. Um, a couple of other things, I guess, just you know, it was shot over fifty days, so um, pretty pretty good for a for a cast and crew to be able to come together, I guess, and, and share those memories that they had of working together for so long and spend that time together too. And I think the original cut was about three hours long. So um, obviously mm. a lot of editing to, to bring this down to, to where it was. Week of release, Netflix said about 25 million people had watched it. So um, it's always nice to hear Netflix give us some actual viewership numbers, um, especially in the, the, these few years ago where they were, were quite secretive uh, with a lot of their stuff. Um, what else? I think, you know, apart from talking about the specific things, you did mention that they work close with AMC and, and this did play on AMC network on television in 2020. Um, and, and to sort of pump up that promotion, they released like a short film um, to go with this called Snow Globe. And it's Jesse Plemons' character 
um, making a snow globe talk. I watched it. It's, it's absolute rubbish. Doesn't, doesn't add anything further, but I, I guess it's just a little short to sort of, um, sort of pump up people to watch it. If they hadn't already got the chance to see it, um, on Netflix too. Um, uh, there's heaps more, but I think we're probably yeah. better off moving on and, and sort of having a look at some nominations, I guess. This was nominated for 28 awards altogether. It won four, and I think the biggest ones out of that, it, it was nominated for some primetime Emmys, which are probably what you're going for with this type mm-hmm. of film, um, which is, yeah, good. Titles across the world, translations. Oh, yeah. Translations. Um, <laughs> some funny ones. In, in Hungary, this is called El Camino, Total Suck. <laughs> oh what <laughs> i have no idea what that translation meant um in slovakia it was el camino a movie based on the series gingerbread dad <laughs> ah oh, so, gingerbread. Um, i wonder if breaking bad was obviously called gingerbread dad, dad yeah <laughs> and um finally in uzbek it's called the curve is yellow um which i could not work out what that is in reference to. Wow. <laughs> you know what? I actually really like the title 63. I think um, mm. I think that would have been really cool, even if you called it 63 or Breaking Bad Story or something like that. El Camino, yeah, it doesn't do anything for me as a title. It's, I mean, yeah, there's some relevance there, but 63 has a lot more essence to it, I reckon. Well, yeah, I was, when, before watching the film, I was thinking, oh, maybe it's based in, like, because we watched on this podcast, we did a film called El Camino Christmas, which was, like, the location, mm. but obviously this is to do with the car. Um, mm. So, yeah, I mean, it, it plays a small role to start with, I guess, is, is what, what they're getting yeah. at. Um, yeah. Consensus time. What, what were the critics and the people saying? I mean, this, this to me, it just screams huge success for, uh, for Netflix. It's... It's sitting at a 7.3 out of 10 on IMDb, but it's got 215,000 ratings there, which is a massive number from what we're used to seeing with Netflix original films. And then it's a 3.5 out of 5 on Letterboxd, still a really good number, 186,000 ratings on Letterboxd. Again, massive, massive numbers. So, you know, we talk about how Netflix must love getting just the eyeballs full stop, but having that, you know, over 3.5, over 7, like those numbers are great numbers for for actual quality content. Yeah, and the critics definitely on board with this too. It's actually certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, sits at ninety one percent on one hundred and thirty reviews. So Oof. it's a lot of critics out of their way to give it a positive review. Audience over five thousand on Rotten Tomatoes, which is one of the higher ones we've seen. I'd say, and it sits at eighty one percent too. So overall, a very very um, popular sort of film. Mm. What are your early thoughts for this one? It's funny when you think about it like that because Breaking Bad, you know, really it's, it's arguably probably one of the most popular TV series, you know, over the last 10, 20 years. Like it, it is, I've never heard anybody watch Breaking Bad and say, no, nah, just didn't like it. Uh, a very, very popular film. And this film just felt like Breaking Bad. It felt like an extended Breaking Bad sequence. So if you're a big fan of the series and you wanted to jump back into it, then it's, it's going to be difficult for you to say, I really didn't like it. So, so for me, and I was, a, I was a fan of Breaking Bad. I probably got onto it a touch later. I think by the time the final season was out, I was watching it, but I was, I was watching it on DVD. So I was waiting for the DVDs to come out before I could actually finish it. So I was, I was sort of there, but not quite there right on day and date. But I thought the movie was fine. I, I think this is the second time I watched it because I did watch it when it came out. And I probably enjoyed it more this time. But I, I still keep coming back to the question of, you know, did we actually need this film like as said, it felt very true to this series it felt like this extended episode um when you base it on one character you're obviously able to do a lot more 
in that amount of time because you're just literally just following Jesse's story. So well, what probably could have taken him half a season to do, he does it in one film here. But when I finished watching Breaking Bad, the ending I had for Jesse in my head was probably not dissimilar to this. I sort of think he's going to get out of it all right. And I don't know if I needed a movie to just plot in the details for it. So I, I like it, but I still just don't know if we needed it. No? Well, yeah, I, I mentioned this last week where I saw like the first most of the first season, I reckon. So in the back of my mind, I, I know the character, Jesse. I know Walter. I remember those characters. And I think it'd be very hard to ignore the the popular culture surrounding the show. So even though I I know what I, I think most people, even if you hadn't seen the show, you know what sort of happens at the end because it was everywhere when when the last season came out and it was so, so big. So I think um, it's, it's a good looking film. And, and obviously, like you've said, too, it means a lot to fans of the show that you get that extra um, story to follow of a character that probably means a lot to a lot of people. And, and it's a fine watch, but so, like I'm not a, a huge fan because I haven't seen the whole thing. So it did feel a bit like two hours of nothing much really happening to be honest, like it was like, it was all well done and everything, but realistically nothing happened. Um, so that, that's where I'm sort of sitting. I want, I want to ask, I'm just going to ask you this straight out as someone who didn't watch the whole series. I feel like this movie more so than any of these kind of movies was just like, if you didn't watch the show, we don't care because this is going to be based on so many things within the show and we're not going to explain it to you. We're just going to assume, you know, do you feel like there are bits and pieces where you were just a little bit left on the lurch? Uh, I, th- I think there are parts throughout that do a good job of uh, giving slight clues as to where you're meant to make that connection and, and where it's going on. But there are definitely parts that, um, that I was like, oh, I, I'm making guesses as to yeah. who this person is or what that, like, for example, at the end of the film where, um, sorry, we're going to do a spoiler. Uh, we're going to oh, spoil this film. So <laughs> if, you haven't, um, if you haven't seen this film, uh, give us a pause. You, you are keen and you, you want to know what happens to these characters. Uh, come back. So I'm going to jump in. But, but towards the end of the film, um, just as Jesse is about to make his trip into Alaska, he writes this letter to, to give to uh, Ed. I think it was Ed. And says, mm-hmm. you know, pass this letter on. And obviously that letter and you see the characters, like I have no idea who that letter is to. Yeah. And to me for a, a concluding like scene of a film, that's usually something that you want this huge impact on. And for me, I have no idea who that letter is to. So it doesn't leave anything with me. It's just like, oh, he's writing a letter. Yeah. There are a lot of things where I thought that they just didn't bother on a newcomer audience, yep. which is, which is fine. You know, it's, it's almost, I actually kind of like it if you're, I don't like the idea of double dipping. If I feel like I'm really, really across um, the, the content or the subject piece and they sit there and they start spelling it all out, like, oh, by the way, this happens because of this. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I know all this. Like, talk to me. I'm, I'm the fan here. So I don't mind that they did it. Yeah. But I was wary of the fact that it, it isn't. It is lending itself to, to new, new audiences. Yeah, and I guess like a really current comparison is you can look at the Spider-Man um, film that's going gangbusters across the world there is a lot in there in that film that is a really, really small Easter eggs that a lot of fans mm. will pick up on and things like that. But that narrative still can work a hundred percent fine. If you have never seen a Spider-Man film and you can still enjoy it and still, and still have a great time. So, I mean, I'm not saying I, that I didn't have a good time watching this film, but you, yeah. there's two, two ways you can go about it really. And obviously, like you mentioned, this, this is truly made for the fans. Yeah. 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 Marvel does that very well, don't they? Because every yeah. single Marvel TV show movie links into another one in some capacity, but you can watch them all on their own and, and still get it. Still get it. Yeah, exactly. All right. Characters. I, to me, this, this film's about Jesse and Todd 
really. Then the other characters are bits and pieces or or small parts of what they probably were in the TV show. So I don't know, as a, a person who knows the show, I don't know how you've gone. Yeah, I, I've tried to speak about them in the context of this film, obviously with with knowledge of their background. But I think the perspective of Jesse, he, he's definitely come full circle. Um, I think he he's definitely in need of that fresh start, you know, that, that moment to cut all ties. He, he's basically completely scarred now. He, he's living in fear with absolutely no way out. Um, but he doesn't, he hasn't lost a moral code or if anything, he maybe has more of a moral code than he did at the start of the series. So whilst there's an element of him doing whatever it takes to get himself out, you know, he's still not a cop killer. He still doesn't want to do anything when those strippers arrive. Uh, and he, he still makes it clear that when he does shoot down Neil and, um, and the other guy in the, in the welding place, that he's, there's a revenge factor to the, to the reason that he's doing it. Neil isn't just some guy who took money. Neil is a guy who contributed to, to Jesse when he was basically kidnapped and, um, you know, not left for dead, but as, as good as. So there was a reason behind everything he did the hardship of him basically having to cut ties with his parents in a, in a way where he had to deceive them one last time. Like there's this code to Jesse and we, we see one flashback of him with Walter, which is basically taking place from the very, very start after they've done their first cook, um, that he's a different guy. You know, he's this sort of gung ho guy and, you know, still takes offense to a lot of things. He's a kid. And this, this way he's grown up in, in such a harsh way that, He's ready to move on. I think what I love the most, it's a small thing at the end with Ed when he's reciting, you know, this is your new personality. He knows everything back to front. Like he is all in on this change uh, and he's cutting ties completely. And it's it's kind of, that's probably the most fascinating part of this story is seeing where Jesse ends up um, from where he started. Yeah, no, I... Completely agree. I think that you've touched on everything that I sort of had anyway, like the the desperation, I guess, of, of being on the run. Um, but you still pick up on those good traits that he does have that kind heart underneath too. And you mentioned the, the scenes too about, you know, not wanting to kill cops. And, and there's a really good part with where he picks up like that bug and, you know, looks at that bug and, and doesn't want to hurt that bug sort of thing too, which sort of highlights that. And I think like he's literally in every single scene of this film. I don't think there's a, that realistically there's nothing without him in it. So I think that they do a good job of the idea of him dealing with that trauma of, of being kept in that cage, but also wanting that fresh start. So you've got those, those competing things and you need that in a film where you focus on that one character so much because you've got to, um, you've got to show their motivations for what they they want, but also what they're trying to overcome. So it gives a little bit of a good arc, I guess. And, and, you know, we do see those changes, even though obviously there's that big change from him originally in the TV show to where he is now. I think that they do a good job in the film, even just showing small changes where, you know, when he is kidnapped with Todd and he has that opportunity to escape and he has that gun and he sort of breaks down to, like you mentioned before, what he is willing to do for revenge or what he is willing to do in situations where he's actually in danger and and can't see a way out with like that sort of uh, showdown in the, the warehouse with the, the fake cops too. Yeah, and then he recognises that is the way out. The only way out is for him to get that money and get to Ed. And even the way when Ed says you're $1,800 short, you know, old Jesse would have blown up and just, he would have gone nuts. And the fact that he can just systematically go, I can't blow my chance with this guy. If this is the rules, i got to do what i got to do. Um, 
yeah it's it's cool and i think as i said I, I enjoyed it so much more the second time because i think the first time i was kind of like why are we doing this and then the when I watched it this time, I was like, oh, I can at least sit back and just appreciate that I'm basically watching an extended Breaking Bad episode and, and getting something out of Jesse's character arc. Uh, Todd, did you want to say anything about Todd? Yeah, I was surprised how big a part of this, this movie he was. He obviously comes quite late in the series and he's, a, he's an important character in the series, but I think this is the opportunity basically to, to really flesh out Todd because he's always the odd man out in those guys that have that have captured him because he has an existing relationship with Jesse they're basically kind of like friends but I think in this movie and I can't even remember if I remember, thought of this when I was watching the series but Todd is just a big child uh, he doesn't understand the gravity of so much of what is going on but he's been exposed to enough murder and torture for it not to really affect him or even seem like a normal response so in one way you kind of pity him you know, even like him in a sense, but on the other, you can't ignore that he's still allowing all of this to happen. He's still a grown man who just murdered somebody for no reason, but in his head, he's like, well, that's kind of what you do when someone does you wrong. Um, it's it's a really interesting character. I, I completely agree with you. I, my line to summarise what you've said is that he's a character of his environment. He is, a, he is literally what he's, being, what he's seen, what he's been brought up around his uncle, all that sort of stuff. That's what he sees as a norm. So, um, you know, that that mentality of that childlikeness that you, you've mentioned, if what you see you think is normal, then that's what you're going to do. And and I don't think, like, he's not necessarily a horrible human being. Um, there's some kindness in there somewhere with him. But, yeah, I think it, it, it struggled to differentiate between living a, a normal life and this life that he's got to live with um, on the bad side. Another great Jesse Plemons performance, isn't it? He's great. He is very good, yeah. Are there any other characters that you wanted to talk about? Not really. Only I, I love Badger and Skinny Pete just because I love them. And it was really cool to see these guys nice and early and, and just their loyalty to Jesse. Um, just these, the, these guys are all kind of no-hopers, um, but they're no-hopers together. And that's what I kind of appreciate about them. Cool. Good. All right. Well, um, the director, um, Vince Gillian, we mentioned that obviously done work with Breaking Bad, Better Call Saul. The only other thing, X-Files started off, did some work on the X-Files too, which um, is a very good TV show. What I, what I, I would love to see him do something new, work on an original idea because Breaking Bad is, is excellent. And there's so many parts of Breaking Bad is excellent that's more than just the actual storyline. I'd love to see him sink his teeth into something new. Obviously, Better Call Saul is a spin-off of Breaking Bad. I want to see a brand new thing from Vince Gilligan because I think that could be something great. Good call. Scene time. Are there any scenes that you wanted to mention that you enjoyed? I worry that I've already touched on all of these. <laughs> but the, I kind of like the whole thing. There's nothing that stands out too much. I did love when Skinny Pete comes up with that plan at the start where they all swap cars. And I just think that I love that, that, that loyalty that he, that he showed to him. I didn't like the fact that he said, because you're my hero, um, <laughs> is the reason why he's doing it. I think it could have been like... Yeah, like, because you've always been there for me or you've always looked out for me or because you're a great mate. Like, <laughs> the hero was a bit like, you know, I, I think that it's great that you sell drugs to people and get away with it. <laughs> um, but I, I did love that. And I love I love Skinny Pete and Badger. I think they were, and they were great in this as well. Um, you mentioned this before. I loved it when Jesse pulls the gun out of Todd's glove box and you see Jesse just processing, like, what happens if I... What happens if I shoot Todd right now and get away with this? It just doesn't end. It doesn't end for him there. It never would end for him. And that's why he just breaks down because he's broken. There is literally no way out for him at that point. And you see Todd, because that's that childish 
part of Todd where he's sitting there going, oh, I'm just having fun with my mate here, smoking a cigarette. How nice is this? Look at the view. He hasn't, he hasn't registered the fact that he's just buried someone that he's murdered. Mm-hmm. He hasn't registered with the fact that he's sitting with someone that he's keeping captive because he's just a child and enjoying the moment. Yeah, I think he, he mentioned he's like, we're just going to go have pizza together. We're just going to go, you know, have some pizza <laughs> and some drinks. Yeah. <laughs> and this is sincere. This isn't him putting on an act. And that's what's interesting about the character. But, um, that was an excellent, excellent scene. Um, and the last thing I, I liked at the end with the flashback with Walter, there's just a line I don't think I picked up on before when Walter says to, to Jesse, you don't have to wait your whole life to do something special. And obviously Breaking Bad is all about the, the Walter White story and how he goes from this timid you know, science teacher at, at school, finding out that he's got a, you know, basically a life-ending cancer that's going to give him a ticking time bomb and he, and he does something that he thinks is something special. He, he's waited his whole life to do something and it just shows you how hooked he got on doing what he was doing. And that's, that's the whole movie. That's the whole show. It's everything. Um, great to see that little insight into his mindset that he got after the very first cook, but he was like, this is cool. I'm, I'm in. I liked it. So they're the three things that stood out for me. Uh, so yeah, I've, I've got a couple of things, I guess the same, same sort of, um, you know, not a lot, but I think just overall the, when you tell a non-linear story with flashbacks and heading back to the present, I think that the way they did the transitions from the present to the past were excellent. I think they did a really good job of um, not necessarily making a big break, but like making um, the audience have to keep on their toes to work out, oh, we've switched back to times just through the, the way that the camera transitioned through certain areas and stuff. I thought that was really well done. Um, yep. The, the scene in the apartment where Jesse's looking for the cash, just that that really cool high angle shot looking down yeah. like it was a maze. And I don't know if you saw on Netflix, there's like a making of short little 13 minute um, film about them making this movie. And it was just cool that um, I actually, I had a 98% match for this as well as the <laughs> film as well, which I, which I thought was a little bit weird. But anyway, the, they put the, yeah, and so anyway, so they showed how they built this in on the studio, like the maze. They wanted that shot, and they took ninety minutes of footage to get that fifteen to twenty second shot. So just it's just crazy how much effort went into like twenty seconds of footage, and it was cool. I thought that was really cool. That was really cool. You know what? It's also interesting. You mentioned this before. They shot for fifty days. I think when they shoot a TV episode, it take they do about six to eight pages of a script per day, and for this, they were shooting about a page and a half per day. And I I love the idea of people making a film being like, it was actually a lot more comfortable than normal because everyone's like, oh, you know, it was such a hard schedule. We had to squeeze this in and do this. And they were just like, this is great. It's so much better than TV. Exactly. Um, Just two little bits. Um, Ed, when uh, Jesse goes to see Ed and he's like, I'm calling the cops, I'm calling them. And I just thought it was really funny where Jesse's like, are you faking it? And then they just rock up. I thought that was perfect timing for a nice little joke. (laughs) And the other one little bit that I thought was funny as well was there's that shootout in the factory and, and one of the guys like you know he's telling him Jesse's telling him to get out and he's like you're on fire and I just, it was just like <laughs> a funny little line I thought that was great why was he on fire by the way <laughs> oh, was it the lighter I don't know who knows yeah was he just gunpowder or something <laughs> I had an old gun actually you're right maybe that he was did, it yeah, yeah. yeah. good all right um anything that you didn't like there actually isn't and that's that's the thing with this film it's one of those films where I said I don't know if we needed it, but watching it, I don't sit there and go, oh, we didn't have to have this, we didn't have to have this. It was still engaging enough. It was still fun. Um, so I don't actually have anything I didn't like. And I tried to think of it, but I couldn't. Good, good. that's fine. Um, nothing really big for me either. I think that 
the introduction to me, because I, I didn't know Todd as a character because I'd only seen the part of the first season. So I thought the first scene with him where he just like talks about rain and and to me that wasn't a great start to the character because it was a bit boring. I was like, especially seeing Jesse Plemons on the screen, um, I was like, I want to see more from Todd. Like I wanted to see a bit more insight into the character and then obviously you see more as the film goes on, but I just I didn't like that introduction for him. Um, that is a beauty of Todd in the sense where he has a guy that they're basically keeping in a hole in the ground, but he kind of sees it as a friend who's just living downstairs for a sleepover, talking so normally to him, not mentioning the fact that he's in chains and in a cage, just going, yeah, they said we're going to get rain. Like, that, that's just, that's his brain. Yeah. It's fascinating. Yeah. Um, and the, the only other overall thing, I and like I mentioned, so I've got enough pop culture knowledge to know who Walter is and Jane from the... So there's these two flashbacks where they've obviously, for a bit of fan service, got a scene with Walter, a scene with that Jane chick in the car. And for me, it didn't add anything to this narrative. And I understand it adds more to the backstory of everything else that's going on. But to me, it was just, it, it was just like, oh, you know, everyone's sitting there waiting for that to happen. As a fan of the show, for me, the scene with Walter, and I know you did a really good job of explaining before that, um, you know, the comparison from their first cook to where they're at, it didn't really do anything for me in this. There was a line from Jane, which I, because he kind of says, yeah, I loved what you were saying about you go wherever life takes you and you just go with the flow. And she's just like, oh yeah, that was bullshit, by the way. You, you need to make your own luck. And that came at the time where Jesse's finally sort of taking control of his own life and making a big decision. But it, it was basically a chance to bring back that character that, you know, meant so much to Jesse. And I, I was, would have almost been weird if she wasn't referenced in some capacity, but it's nice to know that in the back of his head, he'd kind of had that make your own luck kind of philosophy driving him at that point in time. Yep. Cool. Um, themes, ideas in this. What, what are some uh, things in this? I think there's a big uh, PTSD kind of theme to the film, particularly early on. Um, you know, some of those flashbacks he's having or even just like, flinching in the shower and things like that it's uh let's not pretend that that this kind of stuff really really influences the way that you are and, and how you deal with it and it's it's really bloody hard and i think they touch on it without going too hard into it but i mean post-traumatic stress is basically a huge part of jesse's life now um and then also i guess that strength of character to, to completely cut ties with everything you've ever known and and had and loved and it's it's all done and you know you can he can blame him probably should blame himself for most of it he, he put himself in that in those positions and i think by the end of it he, he's very well victimized but you know he's he's to blame in some sense so it's good that he didn't sort of do the whole woe is me and just moved on with it um yeah they're, they're probably the two main things that you take out of it which is not you don't see them in every single film yeah i mean I, it's sort of like an anti-hero's quest almost like um yeah, it's it's obviously set up as a, a character through the the um the dialogue in the background through the TV and the radio about he's on the hunt, he's on the loose. So obviously as an audience, they want you to know that he's not the the perfect hero. They want you to know that he's done some things that are wrong. And and that idea that look starting a new too, like he says goodbye to his those two mates at the start, his his parents, um, he wants to pay back Ed for this this debt that he had. And and obviously mm. that letter at the end as well was something, I don't know who that was, but that, that's something about him, that closure for his character. So it's almost like we see from the start that he's sort of gone from like this boy to a man because we know that he was Walter's partner in the in the show. Like that's something from the start of the show. Whereas 
this one is literally just about him and it's about him sort of growing up and now he's by himself rather than relying on anyone else. That's good. So for context, the letter is to this child. And if my memory serves me correctly, Jesse was seeing this girl and she had a son and he was very close with this son. Yeah. And basically they were using that kid as if you do anything to try and leave, we're going to kill that kid. Um, that was when he was captured. So that was kind of his connection. And I think he basically had to cut ties with him because he's like, I don't want to drag you into any of this. The funny thing is about him being a, a wanted person from the cops, like they basically just wanted information from him. He probably would have gone to jail for a little bit for some of the things that he'd done, but it wasn't like, you know, he was the victim in all this and he could have got away with that. But I think that combined with the fact that there's probably more people out there who'd wanted to do things to him or, yeah. you know, doesn't want to squeal on people. He just had to get out of there. And, and that meant not being able to talk to your parents again, not being able to see anyone else again. It's, it's the decision that you make. Yeah. All right. Well, what did you take away from this film? I thought the 4K was really good. I thought that it was very crisp and clear and cinema quality in my, in my living room. I very much enjoyed that and noticed it from the very start. Um, I think it's fair to say that the era of phone books is still alive and well. We used a phone book on two occasions. Um, if I was in that position, I wouldn't even know where to find a phone book. So well done. Um, but in generally, the thing I take away is that Breaking Bad is still such a great series. And it, it had that tone and tropes of Breaking Bad whilst nothing happened that was outstanding um, as some of the brilliant moments in the series, you know, that we did get to see. It's still pretty compelling watching. Good. Yeah, I think um, the one thing for me, and obviously this is, again, coming from someone who hasn't seen the, the show, so didn't have a, a massive connection to Todd, but I felt like the mini arc took up so much time of this film, considering if you're just watching this film as a narrative for this film without any other context, the only thing that Jesse really needed Todd for was to let us know where he stashes the money in the house. And we got so much more from him. Like realistically, that's all we needed him for was to know where that money sat in the house. And then obviously it, it went into a lot more context with the character and things like that. But if you're looking at it as just a narrative and I know I'm looking at it from not the perspective everyone else is, but that to me, that's what probably felt like he was on the screen a lot for what he was really needed for. I suppose the only other thing is when you get at, as I said, that when he gets the gun out of the glove box, and I guess that yeah. whole day in, in a sense is that that was when Jesse was at his true hopelessness, when he had a way out, but he didn't really ever have a way out. Yep. And the only chance he had to get that way out. I don't know if you might not have seen it, but uh, if you get a chance to even just watch the final episode of Breaking Bad. Um, so yeah. And and obviously it gives you that context of him being like trapped and locked up and things like that. But he was on like um, a lot of that film was the two of them <laughs> together, which I get like if you, yeah, anyway. That's he was good though. We got good yeah, plans. He was he was good, good, good. All right. Did you jump onto IMDB at all? No, I didn't. No. I um I just want to confirm something. So um Ed Robert Forster, who I think unfortunately passed away just as this film was being released. Um I remembered the him day. as the day it released. The day the day it was released. I, I remember him being a dad in another film that we'd done on the podcast. And I couldn't for the life of me remember exactly what film it was. And as soon as I saw it, I was like, ah, now it makes sense. Do you remember what small film crimes. it was in? Yeah, Small Crimes. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So that was, um, I knew he'd been in one of the films that we'd done. I just couldn't remember which one. So good job. Good one. Um, That's a good one. That's a good IMDb. Yeah. Any questions that you wanted to ask? No, no. What I, I already asked you, and I'm glad I asked you at the start, because I think it was good context for this conversation, is, is whether you felt out of the loop because it, just didn't, it didn't really cater for the non-fan. Yeah, and I guess this is probably more for you thinking backwards. Like, did 
after watching a show, did this sort of meet your expectations? Did you have any expectations for it before you'd watched it? Not really. And I think when I first when it first came out, and for what it's worth, I really liked Breaking Bad, but Jesse was never a character that really, you know, got me back each season. I think he was an important character. I think Aaron Paul does a good job, but he just, you know, there's so many other great characters, you know, whether it's Walter or it's Saul or it's, you know, uh, anyone else in the show. But um, so when I went into the film, I, I went in with the context of do we need this film? And when I finished watching it, I was like, I still don't think we needed that film. Um, so I guess my expectations weren't high. And I think that's why on the rewatch, I preferred it more because it was just settling back into the Breaking Bad world without wondering if we need it or not. Cool. Excellent. Well, that leads us into finishing it off and, and giving our overall view of the film with a rating out of five. So what is your final thoughts or what are your final thoughts? I suppose, yeah, following on from all that, the irony of this movie is that Breaking Bad had arguably the best finish in a TV series I've ever seen. You know, when you love a series and it finishes and you're always like, oh, could have been better or I'm going to miss it. Like Breaking Bad finished and I was like, I don't know if they could have done that any better than the way they did it. I think they just absolutely nailed it. So to make this film felt a little bit odd. I stand by the fact that I don't know that if we actually needed it and I didn't really learn anything about anyone whilst watching. Maybe Todd. I might have learned a bit about Todd, but did I need that in a 90-minute movie? Um, but, you know, with that said, Breaking Bad is so great and we, we basically got treated to another couple of episodes. So, you know, once you look past the why, you can actually enjoy it from just more of an indulgent perspective. And when I first watched it, I gave it three stars and on a rewatch, I'm giving it three and a half. Excellent. Um, yeah, I, I think I enjoyed the the character study of Jesse and seeing the, the obvious developments of, of him working out how to fend for himself, I guess. And I think it's well-made, well-performed, but it's not like a must-watch unless you've got this affinity, I guess, to the characters and their stories and, and the connection to, to Breaking Bad. So as a, a standalone narrative film, I'm giving it two and a half. Yep. Excellent. We are on socials, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Give us a follow if you can. And our posts for this um, episode, this one, I don't know whether you're going to be able to answer this one. Like what's better, Breaking Bad or Better Call Saul? I don't know if you've watched Better Call Saul. I haven't watched Better Call Saul. Um, I, I don't know why I never did. I don't know. I, I, I get weary getting stuck into TV shows because they, uh, uh, they take up so much of my time. As you know, I'm much more of a movie guy. Um, yeah. I never watched it. My wife watched it. And I still didn't watch it. So maybe yeah. I should. Good. All right. I well, loved Breaking um, Bad. It was great. Good. Well, I can't answer either. So uh, <laughs> let's um, let's look forward to next week where we have a Japanese film, which I'm very excited to, to look at from 2019. It's a crime thriller called The Forest of Love. It's directed by Sion Sono. It stars Kippel Shalina, Kayoko Hinami, and Shinusu Mitsumiya. So that's what we've got next week. I, we've talked about this offline. I don't we think have. Netflix has had an original Japanese film, have they? Don't I don't recall so. doing one. No, I don't think so at all. So, um, yes, I I am looking forward to it. Yeah, me too. Super, super pumped. So, um, I think it's a long one, so we'll have to set aside a bit of time to, to check it out. <laughs> <laughs> As always, it's been uh, really good, and I think that was a great discussion, so thank you. That was fun. Uh, it was good to get back into the world of Breaking Bad. Good. I will see you next week. You will. <laughs>